Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. This is Stephen Powell, and I'm here with Brent Bullard, mm. <laughs> as usual. Uh, and today we're joined by Nick and Shelby Guerra. Guys, thank you for being here with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, we are taking some time, uh, as we do each week, to get to know just uh, some members in our church and uh, allow them to share their story, to allow us to be able to connect with uh, some members of our family together. So thanks for being here to share a little bit. Um, how long have you guys been here in Nacogdoches and at Grace Bible Church? I came to NAC in 2012, so what's that, eight years? Mm-hmm. And then Grace Bible maybe 2014, Okay, so four years. Yeah. And I got here the previous year, so 2011, and I started going to Grace early 2012. Cool. So about eight years, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. We know that um, you know you guys are well-loved by the church and uh, so thankful for, for you both. Uh, we'd love to just kind of hear your story a little bit. And Nick, I'd love to start with you. If you would just maybe share a little bit about how you came to know Christ and um, how you kind of ended up where you are today. Yeah. I, was, uh, I grew up in a Catholic nominal household. Uh, we'd go to church when people were passed away or... It was holiday time and it was ironically, my parents divorced. And then I went from that to prosperity gospel. So Mm. just all over the spectrum really, um, did not come to know the Lord until I was about 18. Um, was going through a rough patch in high school and there was a family that really kind of took me in. We were teammates together on the same team and they took me in for about a couple of weeks. Chess team? Uh, yeah. Cross country. actually. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm terrible at chess. So, Same. Uh, but yeah, they took me in and the, their dad, Jerry Betcher, um, brilliant man, uh, pressed into me and was just like, hey, what do you believe in? And really just like the first time in my life I was uh, questioned and it made me think about a lot of things. And then my, his son, Andrew, was the friend of mine that really uh, would follow up with me and, and we became really good friends for a long time. We, he actually came to SFA here. He no longer lives here, but... Um, I saw the way that he, their dad, Jerry would come home from work after a long day of work and love on his family. Hmm. Um, they had three other additional kids and, and their mom and man, I, that was the first time I actually saw what people believed in and they were actually following it. Hmm. Um, and so about, let's see, that was in 2009. So about a year later, I came to know the Lord repented and, um, actually believe that Christ had had died for me and um, was raised and lived a perfect and sinless life. So, uh, so I've been a believer now for a little over ten years. Crazy, crazy to think. So, yeah, I went in and to and from church growing up, but then it wasn't until going into my senior year that's when I came to actually know the Lord. Yeah, awesome. Shelby, would you maybe share yeah. your story? Um, so I grew up Catholic. I wouldn't say nominal, uh, but we went every Sunday. I knew. Uh, Jesus. I knew what he did for me. Um, my family, my mom always read her Bible. Um, we read it at nighttime. And so grew up praying, reading the Bible, um, not super understanding all of the traditions of the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And so probably in middle school, when I went to, um, a Baptist church, kind of like a youth retreat with some friends is when I was like, wow, like, um, I mean, my mom read the Bible at night, but it was never like, I never really 
super understood it, but um, that's when I was like, whoa, this is God's word, and um, and I'm supposed to be living my life for him, walking with him. It's not a Sunday thing, and um, I think probably seventh grade was when I was like, okay, Jesus, I know you, but now I'm going to live for you, and now I know what you did for me. Um, so that kind of was my big um, moment (laughs) (laughs) or my, you know, my, uh, that was my realization that, um, that's where my life was going to go and I was going to live my life for him. Hmm. And so then coming to college, I was still going to the Catholic church. I was a member of St. Mary's Catholic church actually, uh, did Catholic Daughters for two years and then got into Bible study with um, Athletes in Action and then started going to Grace, joined FCA, was an FCA leader, and then that led me more into Grace Bible Church. And mm. so then in 2014, I was like, okay, like, I'm going to start going to a Protestant church. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yikes. It was scary. Um, but, you know, then through dating Nick and just having really tough conversations, um, just kind of understanding more about what I believe um, and why I go to a church if you don't fully believe in everything mm. Uh, their full doctrine so Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me but um yeah and we got married not in the catholic church (laughs) which ruffled some feathers but (laughs) ruffled feathers (laughs) but um it was great and it was great to show my family that um i am still a believer yet i'm not in the catholic church that was a, a big step for me um And then, you know, right after that, taking the SLT class was huge, like Mm. in my understanding of the Bible and just um, everything. Mm. And so that's a little bit more. That's excellent. (laughs) So you you guys have two kiddos. Yes. Holland and Calvin. How old are they now? 13 months. They'll be 14 next month, next week. Yep. 14 months next week. Wow. So they're twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case you didn't know that, if, if for those of you listening, when they say they are going to be, yeah, yeah. So they're they're twins, and so um, you guys, uh, when when the twins are arrived, that's a that's that's a lot to to take on, and and we know that you guys, which I mean, having any kid is a lot to take on for sure, um, but um, but we got to kind of hear a little bit of a story about how kind of the community of, of your friends and people that you that you knew and loved you kind of kind of came alongside you in that so could, would you guys mind sharing just a little bit about what that looked like and how that impacted you Nick would you like to yeah um the, it was so funny when we found out we knew she was pregnant and it was on Valentine's Day 2018 2019 2019 mm-hmm. that she was pregnant um and then we found out that we were having twins and in the moment you're just like this doctor's lying. He's, he's just messing with us. And uh, he's like, no, those are, those are two babies. Um, and then he said, happy Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. Um, and then I remember just like being just so many emotions. Um, yeah. But the first person we told was Cynthia. 
Yeah. Uh, we had we had lived with the Knowles early on out of marriage. They helped us kind of get our feet on the ground financially. Mm-hmm. Um, huge blessing there. And we were like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? We went to Cynthia in the middle of dirt cheap and she was just like, we're going to be okay because we don't have yeah. family here. I have mm-hmm. a sister in college here, but you know, she is in college, you yeah. know, <laughs> so it's not like she's flushed with resources. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of our family are hours away. Yeah. Um, and so early on, we're just like, all right, are we going to have to move? Um, is this is going to be a lot. We knew like we wanted a lot of children, but we didn't know we were going to get multiple at one time. <laughs> um, so I would say it was, man, early on, I, we were, we've been loved through these 14 months and even the nine months prior of them, whenever they were in the womb of never missing a beat, this church mm-hmm. and taking care of us. Hmm. Um, and obviously Shelby can attest to that more because she was at home with them for a little bit. But as a husband, you're just like, what do I need to do? You know, I I changed jobs in the middle of it right after the babies were born. So you're like, okay, Lord, do you want us here? And every single time he had the church step up and help us out. Hmm. Um, Whether that was bringing over food for multiple weeks or supply diapers for a full year, which for twins is like, Amazing. Double. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't think you use exactly. one and then give it to the other one. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's how it um, works. <laughs> so it, it has been nothing short of amazing, really. Yeah. Uh, just people and brothers and sisters in Christ that are united through the blood of Christ taking care of us. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and when really the only one who's biologically linked to us is my sister in college, and she's done a huge part as well but before that it was like people in our community group people mm-hmm. in our church and then specifically drew and cynthia who were just like yeah we got you and we were like this is crazy but that's the that's the, my perspective of it for sure yeah yeah um the girls or the women in my bible study or in our bible study they were amazing um they knew that, you know, we weren't meeting every Sunday for soup group like we normally would. And they, um, they would come every Friday morning and meet at our house, um, probably like 5.30 or 6 a.m. And um, we'd pray for each other. We'd just kind of share our highs and lows um, and then open the word um, together. And if a baby was up, it was normally like their feeding time around that time. So either like people would take a, a baby each and like feed them. And so <laughs> I could just like drink coffee and talk with them. Um, it mm. was such a blessing. And I looked forward to Friday mornings. Um, we had uh, ladies that would come and, you know, I think Molly Elliott came three times a week at 6 a.m. to help me feed a baby. Wow. Uh, yeah, she was so consistent and like, cause that was my hardest time, like waking up hmm. that, that last time right before the day starts. And, um, so she was such a blessing and come alongside me and feed a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and so many girls, uh, Taylor Reed came and she, had a baby one morning, you know, they would just like take turns consistently. Um, when Nick was out of town, people would come stay with me from our Bible study. 
uh, and helped me through the nights. Uh, it was it was amazing. Like I I look back at you know what I wrote in my journal and those times where you just feel you do really feel isolated during maternity leave sometimes. Right. And whenever I was at my lowest, all I had to do was send out a text and like a girl would either respond or be there <laughs> physically. So it was so um, amazing and life-giving. And I don't know how we would have done it apart from the church and the mm, church community. Yeah. And specifically to Josh and Jacqueline. I mean, there was yes, a time where because... the babies were finally starting to sleep like five hours at night. So you're like, all right, a little bit of rest. Um, and Josh and Jacqueline would come over Friday nights at like oh my gosh. How 8, 8 p.m. <laughs> to let us sleep. And they would stay until 2 a.m. 8 p.m. Yeah. to 2 a.m. Um, they would, they would, relief. the babies would go down. They would stay, they would stay up until they had to do their middle of the night feeding and allow us to go to bed at like 7.30, 8 p.m. so that we could wake up at 5 it Every was the it was the only night, night wow. that we got like a full night's sleep throughout the yeah. week for probably like a m- almost two months. Almost two months, yeah. Um, this is before COVID, but like, uh, I mean, I cannot. We wouldn't have made it through the weekend without that. Mm-hmm. Like, they came over each time, mm-hmm. very sacrificially, and we're like, we're not going to do anything Friday night. We're going to go take care of Holland and Calvin. And and we'd always wake up with some funny story like Calvin peed on Josh. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, just just something really yeah funny. And we're just like, wow, we actually got to sleep, got and to sleep. it you know, it's more like coffee tastes mm-hmm. a little bit better when you get to sleep a little bit more <laughs> yeah, sort right. of thing. Yeah. Um, but that and just san- sane wise, sanity wise, you're just like, oh my gosh. And and they offered. It's not like we were even like, hey. Can we can we get you guys to do this? They were like, "Hey, we want to do this for you." No, yeah, and, and, like I remember because they would be at our house on Friday nights, and they'd be like, "It's seven forty-five, <laughs> we gotta go." And and because you said sacrificially, but you know they served you guys with with joy. Like they actually oh, they yeah. loved it, and it was just such a beautiful picture. It was it was encouraging for me to think like, "Man, I want to I want to serve people that way. I want to love people that way." And mm-hmm. um, that's that was a whole testimony to how as a church we should come alongside people to serve, uh, in that way. So, you know, we talk a lot about, and we talked about on Sunday a little bit, just going through our vision values, word, worship, service, family, and you're, you all were devoted to this group centered around the word, uh, and the way that, uh, your soup group, that's the name of your small group uh, at the time administered to y'all. Uh, you know, you try and think of your life. If you, if you didn't have that component and as you said, that they functioned, uh, and, and, in a very practical way, uh, in, a, in a spiritual way, as your family, you know they were in your lives, and and you were close enough to them on that side too to be able to confess. I would imagine help, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and they had the intuition to know, hey, we need to help them here. This is going to be a challenge. Uh, you have multi generational components. You have the Knowles who are five or six years older than you all. Oh, yeah. uh, you've got uh, and you got the rest of your group coming alongside and giving the resources that they can to be able to help and care for y'all. Uh, and so, uh, a lot of times, we, if we're not if we don't have those components, you know, you try and imagine, I can only imagine, you know, your context, if you, if you weren't devoted to a group, if you, the gospel center worship, as we talked about on Sunday is, is vital. If you were only attending on Sunday mornings, but you didn't have a group that you were either serving with or predominantly just devoted to the word around with, your story would be a lot different. I'd imagine. Well, you may not be in Nacogdoches still, yeah. who knows what that would, yeah. uh, what that would look like. 
Uh, but so appreciate you all and hearing your story as well and hearing, uh, uh, Nick, your, your testimony as you were uh, baptizing your sister Liz uh, two weeks ago. Uh, that was uh, uh, two or three weeks ago. That was a powerful uh, image uh, and picture. So uh, thank you all for your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you were to maybe kind of give one word to our congregation, you know, we're starting this First Peter series. And uh, this this does have, uh, you know, even not, uh, you know, it, people coming to Christ from different backgrounds, lots of family pressures and things that there might be there mm-hmm. uh, or that there were there. Uh, that's kind of a little bit of taste of your old stories to an extent of saying, this is what I believe God's word says. And this is, and, and these are the, the people I'm committing myself to, to walk this out with. Uh, there's some family pressures there. Is there any kind of words of encouragement that you would give to our church family uh, as they consider that as we walk, begin this journey through first Peter? Yeah, I would say Christ is more than enough compared to any wind or doctrine that the world and our family can throw at you. Um, I think we found out in a, in a much true, in a very true sense that family will be there for you, but family bonded through Christ with no biological tying to them or you will take care of you just as much or even more um, because they're not united through genetics, but they're united through Christ. And so hmm. I would say that is Christ is enough, especially nowadays in the climate that we're in of everything is Christ is enough and will always be enough. Hmm. Yeah. I would just say, you know, going into first Peter about trials and suffering, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, that's how it felt, you know, leaving family pressure from the Catholic Church. That's how it felt during maternity leave. You know, these trials are temporary. Suffering is temporary because mm. you have to live for that eternal perspective. Um, and when the nights are just so long and, <laughs> um, you know, you are exhausted, the morning does come, um, Lord willing, of course, but the morning does come and it is, it's for a little while. And we were talking about this morning, you know, our strongest foundation is the word of the Lord, you know? Mm. Uh, so hold tight to that. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, this Sunday will be in verses one through 12 of first Peter and uh, entitled the sermon, My Hope is Built, and playing off a particular song that you're going to be leading us in uh, this Sunday, Stephen. So you can tell us a little bit about this song that I'm sure uh, many of our people uh, are familiar with, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, My Hope is Built. Yeah, I think maybe a lot of people may know it as The Solid Rock, uh, but same same song. Um, and uh, so kind of like what Shelby just said, um, Christ, our rock, is... Uh, sufficient and we can stand on him in the middle of uh, all trials. Uh, he is, he's sufficient. So, um, so we'll be singing of that. And I know that, um, you know, you'll be uh, talking a little bit about some of those lyrics and, and re- referencing that, that song. But um, you know, we, it, it's, I think easy for us um, in moments of weakness to sing the same song that the world would sing, you know, in the sense of, uh, woe is me. Everything is really hard. Everything is this. And, um, we're not ignorant to the fact that people are coming in feeling burdened with different things. And I think, 
uh, it can be easy to sing something like this truth and struggle to believe it at the same time. Um, so we're singing this as a mini sermon to ourselves and to one another, um, that even if you're struggling to believe that, um, this is the truth, uh, whether, whether you're wrestling with it or not. Uh, the truth is, is that Christ is sufficient. Um, he is the one. He is a hiding place for us. And so, um, so we'll sing that and, uh, and encourage one another with that truth this Sunday. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Garris, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was fun. Thank you for sharing. And uh, we'll see you guys. 